0: Blog Talk RADIO Close all university departments for black, latino, women, gender, queer studies and so forth as incompatible with science and dismiss its faculties as intellectual imposters or scoundrels. As well, demand that all affirmative action commissars, diversity and human resource officers from universities on down to schools and kindergartens be thrown out onto the street and be forced to learn some useful trade. Six, crush the anti-fascist mob. The transvaluation of all values throughout the West. The invention of ever more victimhood. The spread of affirmative action programs and the relentless promotion of political correctness has led to the rise of an anti-fascist mob. Tacitly supported and indirectly funded by the ruling elites, this self-described mob of social justice warriors has taken upon itself the task of escalating the fight against white privilege through deliberate acts of terror directed against anyone and anything deemed racist, right wing, fascist, reactionary, incorrigible, or unreconstructed. Such enemies of progress are physically by but
1: Well, good evening. This is Clifton Knox with Punching Left and David German as well, and we are here for one of our final episodes of our pod of this podcast as we begin to work in the future towards transitioning over to a new and different podcast with a somewhat different uh, theme. But anyway, how are you doing, David?
2: Good. How are you? I'm doing good.
1: Uh so I imagine we've got a few more episodes to go. Uh I know that uh we've 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 talked more than once about going to a philosophy podcast as opposed to a real political podcast. So um what are your thoughts as far as uh, these next few episodes? Any ideas or feelings about what maybe we should try to cover?
2: Um. Well, I'd probably talk about um, maybe a little bit on our view of maybe the Jewish stuff, um, mm-hmm. uh, or uh, the view, uh, and probably the Nazis, and maybe even uh, try to talk about uh, what caused uh, the comparisons now between maybe Rome. And, um, and what's going on now in America and the comparisons between now and then what, what, what similarities caused the downfall, what differences?
1: Well, really, really interesting topics. And I think they're kind of basic and central to a lot of what we've discussed over the last year and a half on this podcast. I mean, we, we've done, you know, probably close to 30 podcasts now. Um, in a way, it's kind of, it's a, it's a little bit sad to, to realize that the show's coming to an end down the road. Uh, but also, in a way, I think you're right, it, it, it frees us up to, to talk about some of these more controversial terms, items, you know, these ideas, but at the same time, uh, you know, um, I think that, uh there's a limited amount of topics that you can cover on a on a podcast of this sort. After a while, you begin to devolve into a current events show. So, and I find that problematic to that you're basically at the whim of whatever material presents itself in the news this week, if you know what I mean.
2: Oh yeah, the Christchurch massacre. Yeah, and
1: and or any other
2: particular topic. That happens to show up in the
1: news, and, and what's really sad about it is that it basically uh, one of the one of the issues that I have with that format. And, and I'm not knocking anybody else that that likes to address the current uh, issues that are going on out there. These issues are hyped and and pushed forward by the, the mainstream media, and the whole point is, is that they control the narrative. And so if if we wait for them to do something and then react, we're basically going along with their narrative, whether we agree with them or disagree with them. We're allowing them to control the conversation completely. And so that's why I say there's a limit to what you can do productively as 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 someone who's approaching politics from the right in the United States and a lot of the European countries.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the uh, right has uh, pretty much squandered in European countries. I, I agree.
1: I, this is going to be a, a short show.
2: You know, We're only running
1: about one hour this time as opposed to two hours. Um, but I think I think that that's just so that people who do listen to the podcast, um, we haven't done a whole lot of episodes, a lot of stuff going on out there in the real world, but Part of it is that, I think. I think that you begin to run into a a limit on this type of show with this sort of format of of what there is to discuss and what there is to talk about. Um, You know, with a philosophy show, I mean, you can literally do thousands and thousands of hours worth of of content because there's so much of it to cover. Um, But anyway, so going back, you were talking about – uh, civic nationalism, and and maybe Rome and, and stuff like that. I I think that civic nationalism as a whole is a is is essentially what leads you down the multiculturalism path. And, and Rome did this by extending uh, citizenship to you know to people who were not Roman, and they did it all over Europe. And really, it was civic nationalism. It was extending citizenship to outsiders who had interests that did not necessarily align with those of the Romans that uh, eventually brought Rome to its knees, you know, caused Rome to collapse. The only thing that really Uh, held, held what was left of Rome together was, was the Byzantines and Christianity is what managed to hold it together for them for a lot longer.
2: Oh yes. Yes. Um, one thing also that's, uh, it was also at the, uh, the Brit- the British Empire, when they were going around trying to do the colony thing
1: uh,
2: through trade, they were trying to use trade to um, better themselves and help other nations. But with the British Empire, they were starting to practice with, uh, what they called mercantilism. Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of backfired on them, especially with the situation like in India. They were trying to, I don't know if, I'm not a scholar, but I don't know if they were trying to pattern themselves off Rome, uh, but trying to be careful about it. But they kind of did that through trade. They were trying to bring bring kind of something similar influence throughout the world through trade, but it backfired on them. and It was an early type of globalism and they, and they almost uh, bankrupted themselves in uh, in India, like we've talked about before.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they actually they did bankrupt themselves in India. It wasn't World War One, and it wasn't World War Two that bankrupted Britain. It was India. Colonialism bankrupted Britain, and, and the reason why, <clears throat> contrary to the popular belief, uh, colonialism. Was not a bad thing, at least not for the indigenous people. Now, of course, you know they did lose some control over their own uh, their own self. You know, lose some uh, rights to self determination under colonialism. But what they received in return was uh, they were brought forward into the into modern age. Um, you know, India was basically living when when the British arrived. They were living in the same existence that had uh, been uh, in India since the Buddha. Very little had changed yeah. in India. you know. And so the British it, had... This, it cost an enormous amount of resources uh, to the British Empire to try and industrialize and create new infrastructure and bring India forward into the 20th century.
2: And, yeah, they were trying to... Um it, it was it as another for an early instance of of where they're trying to uh, bring the resources to others so that they'll prosper instead of taking care of their own. They are just really trying to around the world take care of others. That's an early form of that, my opinion. Well.
1: Well, I, I know that they were trying to expand markets. They, they were trying to find new markets and new places to sell British products. And one of the things that happened—you have <clears> to <throat> excuse me—allergies uh, are just killing me. But one of the things that happened was that uh, they essentially ran out of um, uh, places that were even advanced enough to desire the products they were selling. So as a result, they felt need, they, they felt like they needed to bring these. These markets up to snuff, get them up to, their, to a certain level before, so that these people would begin to appreciate uh, British British consumer goods and products. And, and the mistake was is they underestimated just how much money and how much, how much gold, British gold, it was going to take to do it. Um, it took almost all of it. Well, it did. It took all of it. And, and so it's not a coincidence that after World War II, the British pretty much cut the Indians loose. They said you're on your own. We can't do this anymore, and got out of there, you know. Yeah, but you know that really had nothing to do with Gandhi. Gandhi happened to be in the right place at the right time. But uh, from from another perspective, uh, what we've done in in the United States, you mentioned mercantilism, and we talked about expanding markets. In the United States, what's happened is we, we've taken the reverse approach. We are instead of seeking out new markets to expand into, primarily what we're doing is trying to expand our domestic market by importing uh, lots and lots of illegal immigrants, lots and lots of, of people from all over the world into the into the United States, and then handing them government checks. To purchase those goods with And and that's really what the immigration problem is about People like to think it's cheap labor Cheap labor is one aspect The primary reason That we're importing all of these people Number one reason is to increase The demand for consumer goods Within the U.S. market And if these aren't skilled labor that we're bringing in Like technology workers from foreign countries Then we're bringing in uh, Shitholers from from shitholes And giving them government checks To buy things so this is how we're doing It's like reverse mercantilism, basically. Yeah. You know, so it, and if you look at that from that perspective, it makes perfect sense why it seems like the trend from everybody in a position of authority and power is to, uh, to push for more immigration. That's because it expands the market. Uh, by giving these people welfare, what they're doing is they're taxing us, and they're essentially the government is forcing us to consume more. They're taxed to buy more consumer goods, and then they're essentially giving those consumer goods away to these 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 immigrants who basically have no skills that they're bringing in from what amounts to middle medieval or semi medieval societies. I, uh, mm-hmm. So so that's – and in order to to do this, they they don't want us to fight and kill each other because that's not going to expand the market. They've got to figure out a way to make us get along, and that's what multiculturalism is all about. In order to expand the market, to continue uh, to to, uh, push consumerism and to expand consumerism, they have to continue to import more people, give them money to purchase things with, and they have to keep us from fighting each other. And that's what it's all about top to bottom. This is the reason why we have a chronic trade deficit, which is horrible. It's a terrible thing, and it can only occur when the government is involved in the economy. You can have acute trade deficits when you have uh, a capitalist market with very little or no government interference because it will right itself eventually. But chronic trade deficits are damaging for our economy. And they can only exist when they're government-induced. And our current chronic trade deficit is created by welfare spending by, it, by, by us. The government continues to <coughs> excuse me <coughs> continues to import immigrants, continues to import consumers, put a check in their hands so they can buy more. The more they do this, the more the market expands. And they do it at the expense of the taxpayer. They're forcing us to buy more goods than we actually need, and they do it at the excuse of we need it for these poor people who only are here because they're importing them to start with. So that's what it's all about. That's what immigration is about. It's not really about cheap labor. Cheap labor is a secondary benefit. It's about importing consumption. So we're not we don't want to import goods we want to import consumers so the goods are coming in because we're importing consumers. The more consumers we import, the more value our market becomes more valuable our market becomes.
2: We were talking about that about um um about cha- what China probably tried to do with us is that they they support uh any type of immigration here because it destabilizes us. Uh, mm-hmm. They they want us to uh, they want it us to import anyone and everyone so that we that we will be uh, because America imports a lot of Chinese products by bringing more um, third third worlders in you mm-hmm. uh, they're just gonna buy the cheap stuff and the cheap stuff comes from China so right.
1: So what's happening is is that uh, these people that we're bringing in, they're spending government money. So uh, and that money is not money they've earned. It's money that's been earned through by tax. It's money that's been earned by American taxpayers, who are very very productive. <clears throat> so when they tax us for that money for welfare and give it to the immigrants, they make us poor. The Im- so so they create more poverty by importing poverty essentially, and then they make the people they're taxing poor through taxation. So it, it impoverishes the nation more. But even though um, uh, we're poor, you know we're still not destitute. And what's going on is, is that they're impoverishing the country so we can buy more products. The vast majority of those products are being imported from China. China supports this because the more products that get imported to the United States, the more Chinese it puts to work. The more Chinese it puts to work, the, the better their income level for the nation as a whole goes, and so they begin to have become less impoverished and have their people – poverty begins to dissipate in China. So they're essentially – they're encouraging us. What China's doing is importing poverty to the United States they are they are spending lots of money lobbying our politicians to continue this policy so that they will get richer and we will get poor through immigration yeah china and any other big corporation they are all in line they are all together on this because the big corporations want to see the consumer market expanded at the expense of taxpayers which is at the expense of the middle class not the corporations so they, this is how they're getting richer at such an increasing rate. We're being taxed to pay for the expansion of the domestic market, and they're getting wealthy off of it. They're not really being taxed for it. So you, you can see, you know, it, people talk about how China, how Apple's the richest corporation in the world. It's not. China is. The Chinese Communist government is the richest corporation in the world. And they're the most powerful one because on top of being so wealthy versus all the other corporations, they have a military and the others don't. So the, this, the downfall for this is that um, what's going on is that all the, why are the politicians doing this? Well, they're getting kickbacks. They're selling America out. They're getting paid to sell America out to China and all these globalist corporations. And when Trump starts, starts cutting back on immigration, starts trying to stop illegals from coming in who then get on the dole, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it makes it that much harder for these, corp, for these politicians to sell America out to these corporations because they have less to sell it, sell to them. And China and these corporations are not going to continue to deliver money to, and, and, and gimmies to these politicians if they're not delivering more consumers to buy goods. Whether these immigrants are productive or not is beside the question. It's beside the point. Because even if they're not productive, they're just going to give them tax. They're just going to steal money from the middle class and give it to them to spend. The end result yeah. for the United States, big multicultural shithole, and, and we're, it's going to cause us to collapse. Anyway, you had something to say, David. Sorry about that.
2: Um, yeah, it, this whole deal with the whole immigration thing, it's, it, it's, it's globalism. That's what it is. They want to, uh, I've heard, I had some relatives who said they, they support that. They support globalism because, uh, they, they think that we should bring parts of, Chinese culture bring parts of African culture bring parts of uh, Arabic Muslim culture and Jewish culture into America so so that um, everything will stabilize but that's cuckery, that's ethnomazochism. that's that's not my my uh, program that I want to get with You're
1: right. You're right. It's a cognitive failure on their part. Mm. Uh, they, but but even, they even, are programmed, and, and they're programmed. They've been programmed by the system to believe that type of stuff. If it's so wonderful, then how did we become so powerful without it all these years?
2: Why? Why? Yeah. Why is Trump? Um, why is uh, even Trump our guy now? Cause, because he is it because he's because he has to be. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't agree with every position Trump takes, but but we've had to use him as a route to get back back to more traditional ways, and and it's it, it's scary how the new right thinks. Well,
1: I, I think that what you see is that um, Trump has had a hard time with the system as it is to try and curb some of this behavior because the entire system is geared towards expanding this domestic consumer market so the entire, I call it domestic but it's really a a global consumer market in the United States And, and the whole all of our energy of our system, not the populace here, but the system the government, all the state governments, all the towns everything all the all the businesses, all the corporations, all of the energy they have is put into uh, expanding that marketplace. So Trump is, is going is definitely swimming against a current, and it's not just any old current. All right, it's it's a it's a whitewater rapid type, rapids type current he's swimming against. So it's no surprise that he really hasn't gotten anywhere trying to build that wall or trying to curb immigration. Um, and and what the right has done is is basically say, well, that's not working, at least some of the right. And and they've said, Well that's not working, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna ditch that and now we're gonna go the other way. We're gonna swim with the current. And hopefully if we swim with the current, somehow they think that, you know, their little paltry thirty thousand, forty thousand supporters are gonna tip the bout of the next election towards yay a candidate, and his last name is Yang, which is ridiculous.
2: Oh God, oh God, UBI. That, that's going to mm-hmm. harm not just the. Uh, it's going to uh, raise the pr- time preference level of. Uh, Other people in the poverty level, especially, like. Uh, what's what's your average uh, black household going to buy with a thousand dollars? They're gonna buy stuff. Well, they're they're on the poverty level. Most of them, not well, well, quite a lot of them, not most of them, but they're like uh, the ones who don't have jobs. The ones that go out and buy drugs. How are you incentivizing them to be responsible when you're handing them a thousand dollars? What are they gonna do with it? They, they're not gonna invest it. Well, well,
1: they don't want them to be.
2: They don't want them to be responsible. It, it, right. it's a Keynesian, it's a Keynesian trap mm-hmm. it, it is okay. Keynesian in nature sure it is but but
1: the whole the whole goal here remember is to expand the domestic market see see yang is actually um uh pushing what corporate big corporate interests want they want u b i why wouldn't they if they don't care how the where the money comes from in order to expand the domestic market so they can sell more goods. UBI UBI is perfect for them. I'm mean, going they're basically that's a massive, massive, it's a three trillion dollar expansion. Of what what domestic would you market say using government spending?
2: What what would you say to a NatSock who says it's well the economic situation is frivolous. Not not everything nowadays is cogent. Not all businesses uh, pretty much half your businesses are corporations and don't really, uh, don't really care about the economic conditions. They just want to sell their product and they don't care what happens to the market, uh, or care, uh, really care about any consequence or anything like that. And they right. get that special protection. Um, and the nature of everything nowadays, and economically speaking, is to. Um, Redistribute the wealth. Uh, how how is this going to hurt anymore?
1: Well, my response is that's right. So that's how we're going to handle it, right? So if if I'm standing in the fire, my answer is to throw gasoline all over myself, right? So so <laughs> if you're if, if if you're if you're drowning, the best thing that we can do is put our foot on your head. That's my answer. That's that's their answer, basically. Well, we're drowning anyway, so how can it hurt if, if you take your foot and push us down further in the water? You see, this is, goes back to the, the, here's what's happened. There's a re- relatively small group of us. We were p- kind of like paleo libertarians. Uh, definitely most of us were Austrian in, in economic thought. <laughs> and then we've kind of exited the alt right at this point, we were more of a dissident right. And, and what's really happened here is that by when we did that, what little bit of economic sanity the nat national socialists and the rest of the alt right had is just gone. The they, intellectually, they're fucked at this point. Um, they they they're, they're not. These people are not that bright. In, in my opinion, they are they are just you know. They're, they're yeah. a little better than some of the low IQ groups we've talked about. And, and really, the sad part about it is that um, they don't have a clue. I mean, they, they're just right on oh, socialism. Uh. Yeah, I remember when this whole national socialist thing really got rolling amongst the alt right. People were going, oh, no, national socialism isn't about socialism, it's about capitalism. Ignore the word socialism in the name. It's, these aren't socialists. And, and then you'd say, well, it's kind of a leftist ideology. And they'd say, no, no, national socialism isn't on the left. It's on the right. And they'd say, stop that boomer talk. You know, Boomer talk, really. So, so basically, boomer talk is a way to essentially it's, – it's what we call a thought-ending cliché. It's a type of logical fallacy designed to shut down the conversation. It's almost like calling somebody a racist um and, and so they swore up and down it wasn't it wasn't socialist there's nothing in it about socialism well here we go now now we're talking about universal basic income amongst the all right so called self proclaimed fascist and national socialists. obviously <coughs> obviously uh, the, the, you know same old trick as someone i know uh, stated deja vu all over again and it's really, it's really pretty disgusting, if you ask me. Um, it, it's the same old bullshit trick. Before you know it, the alt right will there be nothing right wing about the alt right at all.
2: Um, can you? Uh, do you want to give uh, your thoughts on, and uh, maybe a dissemination of your thoughts on uh, George Lincoln Rockwell?
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, a, a complete fucking dumbass. Do I need to elaborate on that? Yeah, go ahead. He's the guy that he. Well, yeah. Well, he's the guy that started talking about how national socialism was about protecting private property, and it wasn't this, and it wasn't that. I mean, anybody can stand up. What if What if he decided to become a communist and stand up? Well, it's not real communism. Isn't about communism. Communism is about protecting property. Communism is about individualism. It's not about collectivism we we're, we're not the same we're not we're not communists we're even though even though we have communism in our name we're not communists really what a fucking idiot and, and, can, he, and uh, he got shot and, and he was shot dead by the people who were following him uh, 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 and he only had a few hundred people following him so some of them shot him dead
2: can i be a democrat and a um, and a uh, national socialist
1: Probably yeah.
2: Can I be They're a uh, same yep. can Can I be a member of the Frankfurt School and be a National Socialist according to George Lincoln Rockwell? Oh, I, well, you'll have to enlighten me on that. <laughs> I,
0: mean, I mean, if,
1: if uh, I mean, as far as as far, I mean, I. I only spent a certain amount of time uh, reading and listening to some of his stuff until I basically but, had to walk away from but, it, mind-numbingly, idiotic shit that he espoused.
2: But th- didn't <clears> he <throat> say, though, like that you could be anything you want if you wanted to be a National Socialist? It, 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 we can include it well, under the National Socialist program. We can, we can put that uh, in there. I'm sure. I mean, when you would
1: listen to him talking, I mean, pretty much – just what a national socialism was all things to all people, of course. That's one of the things that made it so damn stupid. <clears throat> so sure, I guess if you look at it from that perspective, yeah. I mean, if you can be a fucking capitalist and be a national socialist, then I guess you could fucking be a uh, a communist and be a national socialist. You know, I, I guess can, I guess you could be an internationalist and be a national socialist. If you can be a capitalist and a national socialist,
2: you can be a con- half communist, half communist and a national socialist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. It, it's some lame brain, idiotic bullshit espoused by ignorant fucking people. Okay, uh, it doesn't take a whole lot of brain power to. To be a national socialist And so you see a lot of people Buying into it um, it, it has very little value Honestly a, As it is And and I, th- this whole thing about y- The Yang Gang 2020 It's the dumbest shit I ever heard But that's what you would expect From unprincipled uh, 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 Unintellectual Idiots who are basically, you know, on to the next thing, whether it makes sense or not. So I I just, uh, and and I've heard somebody call UBI, or uh, universal basic income, uh, capitalism, where nobody's income starts from zero. And it's it's, it's fucking, it is, again, well, National socialism isn't isn't socialism. It's capitalism. <laughs> no, all right. It's not Herder. capitalism where your income starts from zero. It's fucking socialism. You, you, you fucking idiots, and it's it's you're all a bunch of damn socialists.
2: <laughs> Herder.
1: So. Yeah, yeah, a whole bunch of herders. <laughs> um you know, so so basically the the uh, the, the fucking um the alt right minus the paleo libertarians is 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 devoid devoid of any real value on the intellectual side at all there's no intellectual value to that group to that movement anymore it's done it's over they basically turned they turned themselves into Democrats now. I had one of them tell me that yang was was wanting to close down the borders and tell me all this shit. So you know what I did? I went to his page and looked at all his positions. He does not want to close the borders. He does not want to build a wall. He wants to increase spending on security at ports of entry only. He wants to increase the amount of judges. I mean, uh, basically, he, he he doesn't want to really do anything to curb illegal immigration. <laughs> I mean, Jeb Bush sounded more, more uh, uh, inclined to curb illegal immigration than this guy. He supports infanticide, essentially murdering babies after they're born and calling it abortion. And uh, he wants to uh, do... UBI, and and he's going to give it to every fucking body. He doesn't want to close the border, and he's going to have universal basic income, which even if he doesn't support giving it to illegal immigrants, you and I both know that it will end up in the hands of all the immigrants at some point within the next 10 years if they were to institute it today.
2: Yes, it's a, it would right? be a survival tactic on they, – they would vote for their own interests. They're, they're not going to vote against mm-hmm. it. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's an, It's about group survival if you Know about um, how um, how people uh, what certain groups draft to polit uh, they draft to a political positions to base to for survival it's a survival human tactic.
1: Well, you know, I, one thing I will tell you, this type of shit shows me that the the original Nazis might have been leftists. But they had more fucking common sense than the people calling themselves Nazis in the alt right movement right now have. <laughs> and and you know what one of them was calling it calling U B I? M E E T B U X. Meat Bucks.
2: Meat Bucks?
1: Mm
2: hmm. So some say they want UBI because they they want to buy guns.
1: Because they can't buy them now. Get a fucking job, you fucking loser.
2: We're going to... They want acceleration... What they call accelerationism. They want to implement civil war now.
1: Well... Look. It's not going to happen because of UBI. Welfare's primary purpose amongst the populace is to mollify conflict other than increasing the domestic market, increasing the consumer spending. But increasing consumer spending by the poor people mollifies them. It, 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 ends, it lowers the possibility of, of insurrection. A $1,000 a month, um, until for as long as it, it holds any sort of buying power at all, will actually decrease the likelihood of a conflict. However, you know, then you'll get to the point to where that thousand dollars doesn't work very much in a few years because of inflation, uh, and and then what will happen is is that they'll have to increase it. But the whole point I'm making is is that um, universal basic income is not going to increase the likelihood of conflict. <laughs> now they might increase the likelihood of the, excuse me, the government collapsing. So, yeah, yeah, you know, but that's about it. And, and that's not going to help them at all, believe me, especially if, if I'm some fucking hee fucking ding-dong who needs universal basic income. So I can buy a fucking $160 high point fucking nine uh, millimeter pistol. Then, then, uh, I mean, you, you know, how much good. What, 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 would... what the fuck am I going to do anyway?
2: Well, how many guns are they going to stockpile on? Like, you know, guns are more than. Guns are almost a thousand dollars a piece. Are they going to buy twelve guns each month?
1: <laughs> well, what do you think the first thing that's going to happen, dude? What do you think the first thing that's going to happen when they enter when they introduce UBI? Uh, employers are going to employers are going to start paying lower wages.
2: They'll they'll pay. Uh, they'll grandfather everyone but find excuses to fire a bunch of people all across mm-hmm. the room. and mm-hmm. uh they're going to try to uh, keep the staffing as much it's going to look like uh, if they went 1930s 1920s berlin here you go
1: <laughs> well well all the all negative effects of the minimum wage so so basically what you're doing is you're creating a floor to them, to to people's income that's here, but eventually that thousand dollars will become will will eventually get down to being worth nearly zero left on. Oh yeah, if <clears throat> the system's left untampered with long enough. But what you're looking hey. at is uh, uh, a situation where you're going to have a huge amount of inflation and jobs. Uh, employers will pay less money because they're going to look at it like this uh I uh, uh, I'm going to hire you for 10 hours a week. I don't need you for you are already get
2: $1,000. I guarantee you UBI will bring about a oh, they thought 2008 was bad. They'll it'll bring out back another 1929 if you implement UBI all across the board for every citizen.
1: Well, they're going to collapse the labor market. You'll have you'll have uh, young people who who normally would work uh who who might go to work or whatever they will um they will just pull up two or three of them in an apartment and they'll just share groceries and stuff and they won't go to work and then the second thing that you'll notice is that employers will uh lower their wages and hire fewer people and then you'll have inflation and eventually, uh, because the employers will be taxed so hard to pay for UBI and middle class, they'll be, they'll be taxing the shit out of you. As a matter of fact, expect your UBI to be taxed. And, and so the the end result will be uh, absolute, complete, total fucking hardship for everybody. No jobs for anybody and hardship for everybody.
2: T- talking about your earlier analogy of um, putting a you're, – you're surrounded by a fire and you have like a small fire surrounding you and you can't get out. Put replace uh, that fire you, by putting a fire on yourself. Instead of putting a fire you put a nuclear bomb on you.
1: <laughs> right. Sure. Out of the frying pan and am up the ass with a red hot poker. <laughs>
2: it, it will make 1990, 1929. Look, uh, my, it might pale in comparison. I'm not a economic fortune teller, but it 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 would it it would look close to that I guarantee if 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 our theory is correct. Venezuela. Rigged. Hello yeah. Venezuela. You know this. Nineteen twenty nine might is, look a, you know yeah, what happened not so there. Bad,
1: right?
2: Yeah, remember what happened? Uh, did you hear what happened like in the in nineteen twenties um um Leningrad? Uh, people oh. had to um, like because I think I think at the time they were going through an economic downturn uh, the revolution mm-hmm. people were forced to um, stay in these apartments and people would have different jobs so they'd be coming in and out but they'd all share one room in apartments everybody would be have one room and they'd have to share mm-hmm. a, like a some places where the, there was no plumbing, they had to share these commie apartments to where they had to all had to crap and piss in a bucket, and because they had to share resources, mm-hmm. it might get to that. Well, we're talking about three hundred. 300- you're talking about 350 million people receiving $1,000 a month.
1: Mm-hmm. Well.
2: Maybe half that, counting like, for family.
1: Like, like what's going to happen is it's going to get to the point where you can't hardly buy a fucking thing for $1,000. Eventually, you know, milk will be $10 a fucking gallon. $20, uh, Yeah, $12 a gallon. Um, gasoline will be fucking $20 a gallon. A load for bread will cost you $8. That's no one's going to be cost. able to buy that. <clears throat> right, because the Especially money the- that you're giving out to all these people has to be paid for one way or the other. It either has to be paid for through taxation, it has to be paid for through money printing, or it has to be paid for through money borrowing. If it's through taxation, the, the the employers, the businesses, have to pass on the cost. That's going to cause the inflation. If that's the only thing you do, prices will get to you know $8 for a loaf of bread, $12 for a gallon of milk. If it happens through money printing, the currency will be debased, and eventually the loaf of bread will be 8 bucks, A gallon of milk will be $12. If it happens through borrowing, well, by the time you borrow, eventually your, your interest payments will get so high that um, you'll have to tax people. In order to pay the interest, and it will be eight dollars a fucking, eight dollars fucking yeah, loaf of bread, twelve dollars for a gallon of milk. I mean, there's no fucking way around it. UBI will will cause massive fucking inflation of the kind that hasn't been seen before. <clears throat> you can count on it.
2: It's it's just disgusting and degenerate. Um... To call for that stuff.
1: Well, but once they do it, once they do it, David, all right, then what's going to happen is people are going to get pissed because all these prices are going to start going up. And so what they're what? going to do is they're going to clamor for the government to put it to fix prices. And this is what the National Socialists did. This is what the Nazis did. What we're talking and, about is exactly what the Nazis did.
2: And if you have a system... Where what what if they also at the same time went fifteen dollars an hour?
1: Well, I try to, I mean, it's not going to matter much anymore. I mean, thousand dollars a month—they're only going to hire you for ten hours a week. Um, it's it, 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 one of the re, one of the things that you looked at with the National Socialists is that eighty um, percent of all production orders coming out of the big corporations and private and the factories and stuff were government placed orders. People don't know this. Eighty percent of all the production coming out of the factories were paid for by the, Germans, by the German by the Third Reich prior to the war starting. And um, when you do UBI, it's not much different. The government's going to be paying for almost everything people buy. The, the point is, is that when you have to implement price controls. That's what finally breaks the system because you you basically – think of it as a as a valve. You're closing the valve. You have a steam engine, <clears throat> and you're building up – you're stoking up and building up the fire, but you want to keep the valves nearly closed so that only a little bit of the steam gets out at a time. Well, eventually, you're going to have – one of those valves is going to blow, right? So when yeah. the government implements price controls, what they're doing – is they're creating a situation where the pressure is building up on the people producing the goods. They end up going out of business. They have to shut down. Production goes down. (laughs) And the end result is what? One, either there's not enough goods to feed everybody and everything's super scarce, which is what's happened in Venezuela. There's not enough food to eat or anything there. No medicine, nothing. Or two, the government has to basically take control of all those businesses. And that doesn't fix the problem either. We saw that in the Soviet Union, their economy was fucking destroyed in the Soviet Union when it finally collapsed. Sh- so, sharing apartments. So, yeah. So all all universal basic in- income does is put us on the road to communism. That's all it does. It, it puts us on. It's the it's the it's the match that lights the fuse. Yes. So my opinion is that UBI is going to be the end of the United States. UBI will be is the beginning of the end of the United States. Now, uh post scarcity because this is what they're trying to do. It's almost like they're trying to force po- a post scarcity type economic situation. It's too early for that. Um, Someday we'll get to the point to where we have a lot of automation and we're super productive and (laughs) and we can work 10-hour weeks and get full pay for it. But that's a long time down the road. There will never be a time where nobody has to work. But we'll get to the point to where, where we don't work as much. That's been the trend all through history. we become more productive. We have to work fewer hours, but we're able to still get what we need. Because we allow it to happen organically in the market and in the economy, not forcing it from the top down, which is what UBI is forcing the issue from the top down. But uh, there'll never be a day when when we don't all need to work. That we will always need to work
2: forever. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Income at zero. Income doesn't start at zero. <laughs> Right. I
1: mean, somebody has to repair robots, right? Ooh, robots can repair itself. Okay. Well, who rep- who who's going to repair? I mean, there is a point where somebody has to work. And and if we ever get to the point to where we're not repairing anything, even the AI systems that's running all the robots, we're in trouble. We've been replaced. Once it's only a matter of time before that AI begins to see us as parasites. And you know what you know what the host usually does to the parasite? Tries to get yeah. rid of it. I mean, look at us with with it with massive loads of immigration. We're trying to get rid of those parasites. We want to.
2: Yeah. This whole idea of we're talking about yeah, civic nationalism, that's Mm -hmm. it's a foregone conclusion and it doesn't work. That uh, Mm -hmm. my my whole thing, my my whole point of view, (coughs) is if you really believe in civic nationalism and that it truly fully works in our nation, then why do you even need to vote?
1: Uh, Good question. I mean, civic nationalism doesn't work – I've heard people say it doesn't work with democracy. Civic nationalism doesn't work in any form of government, period.
2: It's inapplicable Yeah. to any form. It's,
1: not, it's, it's absolutely not going to work. It's as utopian as communism, Marxist communism. It doesn't work. It's doomed to failure because you're basically That's, telling people what they're going to have to do. And you're making them do things they don't always want to do. So it's, it's just not going to work. You know, it goes back to the idea of uh, the people who, who advocate this sort of thing are are they they think that humans and we know this isn't true scientifically. Um, uh, through research, we know that humans are not a blank slate at birth. Just look at some of the statements made by linguists and other people that there are structures predetermined in the brain that uh, tell us how to think and what to do. And so this affects us all the way down to the, the, the differences between ethnic groups. And if you think that every ethnic group thinks exactly the same and behaves exactly the same, I mean, we can say we behave the same 90, 95% of the time, whatever, but we don't all behave exactly the same. You're not going to take human beings who have developed over the course of 20,000 years uh, to have a certain type of culture and to govern themselves a certain way and all of a sudden shove them into another culture and slap the word citizen next to their name tag, and all of a sudden they're going to start acting like you now. That's not how it works.
2: Yeah. That's that's you. It's it takes a lot of um, uh, lack of hindsight and hubris to combine together to to think that you can just get away with that and not have any consequences by be uh, experimenting with that. Well, this is an American experiment. You want to know? It's like you want to know the truth. <laughs> it 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 wasn't supposed to be that way
1: no no it wasn't and it's extremely myopic and 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 you know it, it's just it's just idiotic to think that that they wouldn't eventually beat each other's throats if you, you want to see you want to see a society collapse and, and destroy itself from within to go multiculturalist, and that's what Rome did, and look what happened to them. And, and when they did finally um, – the only part that did survive, the only thing that held them together was, was Christianity and, and a com- fairly common culture. They didn't do the kinds of things or have the kinds of things going on that, that Rome had. They did not have a bunch of barbarians slapping citizenship on everybody all over the, all over the place. So, so no. I mean you, you want your nation to last? Then, then don't go multiculturalist. I mean, the Chinese, 5,000 years, they're still China. Look at the, oh, yeah. look at the Japanese, you know, 7,000 years, is still Japan. 2,000 years, is still Japan. You know, look well, at well, the we... nations that have lasted for thousands and thousands of years. They all have a unicultural identity.
2: What would you say to someone who says, well, China uh... – they might be communists, but they still have a culture. What do you mean? Like they'll they'll say <laughs> that this is proof that communism in certain in certain aspects can work, but we know that China the way China operates, it's a ticking time bomb.
1: Well, the way that China operates is it's basically a, a, a giant global corporation. The only thing that makes it any different now and Google or Apple is the fact that they have a military beyond that they behave just like a giant corporation and in, and which means that they're basically vampires they, they are siphoning they're ecno- wealth economic off vampires of, well they're siphoning wealth off the United States and yes. and that's the only way they're able to continue to survive Co- communism we know socialism communism cannot survive without a capitalist system to siphon wealth off of they, however Capitalism can survive without socialism or communism being present. So, so we, th- this is the biggest difference that people fail to realize. Communism, socialism, in every instance, has failed, especially when it's unable to siphon wealth or uh, parasite off of, be a parasite on capitalist markets. Social, uh, capitalism exists and continues to work even in the absence of socialism and communism. So, as far as their culture and stuff, yeah, they've maintained their culture. I would say they're a perfect example of a national. They, they're not communist anymore. They're national socialist. Yes. And they have been for some time, since Mao's death. Yes. All right. They, they're not internationalist. They're definitely a nationalist bent. They're, they protect Chinese culture and identity, and they're socialist on top of that. And they do markets just like the, the Germans did. Uh, they just, but but the government controls the economy just like the Germans did.
2: That, I and mean, that's probably why that guy in Christchurch liked it.
1: Well, it is, and and this is goes long back to what uh, Trotsky said, and then I believe he was right on this. Trotsky was quite brilliant, regardless of the fact that he he was wrong on Marxist communism. Trotsky said that um, Stalinism and Maoism basically were uh, had devolved into fascism because the international revolution uh, stalled out and the Trotskyites labeled um, Stalinist Russia and Maoist China as red fascism, which, which it, it was, and it is. So just to let you know, David, we're down to three minutes, so we're about out for the show. Uh, pretty interesting conversation. Maybe we can come back and do this later, later in the week. Um, we'll have to see, um, but uh, any last quick comments before we close it up for the night? Um,
2: yeah, it's another criticism I also have of the with, with certain faction of people, like the alt light, the alt light end of this faction, they tend to, they tend towards civic nationalism too, and they're like, um, we can go back to the principles of the Repu- old republic, but. We can, um, uh, 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 but we can be a civic nationalist. As, as if if, they just, if people from outside cultures just come here and assimilate, then everything will be okay and back to normal. Back to the old way.
1: Well, you and I both would agree that that's a bunch of bullshit. But that's you
2: know. that's why the alt light kind of the alt light in the spaceship kind of b s e too they're they're full of it when it comes to something like right. that they're very they're very full of it they're just as bad
1: right no i i agree all right all right well uh it was a good show i appreciate david i'll we'll we'll be back on for a couple more episodes to wrap up punching left before we transition into our new sh- our new show <coughs> so anyway uh take care david.
2: You too, Lifted. Thanks.